0: You are locked on the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Wednesday? As usual, we have Mike Renner on from Pro Football Focus, and we are going to get to Mike here in a moment. But you have reached the flagship, the flagship show of the Locked On Network. We bring you your show every day. And one thing that's going on, I just want to tell you about. I'm not much of an NBA guy, but. The Locked On Podcast Network is going live with an NBA trade deadline special. It's Thursday at 1.30 Eastern on YouTube on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Channel. So David Locke, our founder, and fantasy expert Josh Lloyd put all the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network. They will break down all the deals, give the fantasy perspective, and have the local angles. It starts at Thursday at 1.30 90 minutes before the trade deadline on YouTube on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball channel. And just to pull back the curtain, we'll probably do a lot of those type of things in football as well. The draft and free agency and all those type of things. So just a a fair warning there. So as usual, Mike, how are you, man? Doing great. Excited for it to finally be draft season. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're talking about today. Mike just put out a really good mock draft for... Pro Football Focus, and let's just pull, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, you included some trades. Some mocks don't mm-hmm. do trades, but it looks like you're pretty judicious about it. There's not a million trades, and this guy moves from this spot to this spot, and then they get in the third round, you know. Yeah, no, it was pretty, I
0: had a handful of trades, just basically a lot of them for quarterbacks, because as we've yeah. seen over the past handful of years, teams trade up to draft quarterbacks. Unless you have the number one overall pick, usually you're going up to get your guy.
1: And right before they get into the first pick, it says, a friendly reminder from Mike himself. This is what I think teams will do, not what I would do. Yes. And because
0: uh, Steve usually does it, the other guy, Steve Falzolo at Pro Focus, does what he would do. So if we did, that would be a little redundant. So this is my best guess at what the teams are going to be doing from what I'm hearing, what I've seen, evaluation-wise, what I think will end up happening when it's all said and done,
1: which, no offense to you or Steve, probably is more likely to be closer to the truth. Yeah, I think that's uh, what we would do
0: is obviously uh, very different than what teams would do because you know we're we have a very different approach from a lot of teams.
1: Yeah, no doubt, and that's what makes it fun. Um, Cardinals are at one; they have they take Nick Bosa as is the case in just about every mock I've seen. Here's my only questions to you. I mean, obviously, I think there's a chance one of these quarterbacks games steam or there's competitiveness at the top and somebody moves to that one spot. And if I'm Arizona, I'm listening, but it's going to cost you a little bit. That's for sure. But I guess my question to you outside of that is, Quinn and Williams, who you have second going to the Niners, is he a consideration? I mean, is there at least a conversation between Bosa and Williams?
0: I actually think there is, and yeah. uh, I would not be you know, wholly surprised if the Cardinals do end up going Quinn and Williams on draft day. I also wouldn't be surprised if they went Josh Allen on draft day uh, for the scheme fit there, but uh, I think Bosa and Williams are clearly, uh, I don't want to say sure things, I don't think there's ever a sure thing in the draft, but they've dominated about as much as you can dominate college football uh, to where, and they have the athleticism, everything to where you'd say, if they bust, it would just be a complete, complete surprise. I just think they're incredibly dominant prospects. And it just basically comes to, to which one you value more, I think Edge is a little more valuable than Interior, but Quinton's about as good as it gets on the Interior.
1: And like you said, you have him going second to the Niners. But where I'm mm-hmm. sitting, my hunch is you did that because you don't think Williams can, unless a quarterback moves up, these are going to be the top two picks in some order, correct? Yes.
0: I just think if you objectively evaluate, I don't see how you could – put anyone on the same plane as those two guys just in terms of athletically what they've done on the field I just think it'll come away with now the 49ers have you know need on the edge but they also have need at nose tackle Quinn can play nose tackle Uh, I think he'll be as productive a nose tackle as there is in the NFL right now uh, pretty early on his career so I do think uh, you know people the evaluation prospect kind of like uh Joey Bosa a few years back when the Chargers really didn't need edge but it's just like he was the best player on the board we had to take him that sort of thing
1: I'm just wondering though if I'm in San Fran's front office I might give a little extra to get to one you know like if the Cardinals are 51 49 on Bosa over Williams can I give you a third move up one spot because I really want Bosa considering my team needs Oh yeah, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm
0: listening to trades. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're these are elite elite players. I think they're going to be Bosa and Williams. They're going to be you know perennial Pro Bowlers, but they have holes everywhere on this roster. The Cardinals aren't close. The 49ers are much more better off roster wise at this point than Arizona, so they can you know sort of spend that to get a better player in their mind. But uh, yeah, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm listening to trade offs for sure. But I don't think I'd want to go too far down. I'd still want one of those top two guys.
1: No, it makes sense and. Um, the Jets are sitting at three. You have Denver trading up to grab Haskins. And I got no qualms with that at all, except for you had mentioned Josh Allen is also borderline elite. If those top two defensive linemen are elite, Allen might be in his own tier. Does that sound about right? As number yeah, three? Uh, yeah, I think Allen's a
0: clear head and shoulders above in terms of what he can do. He is uh, He is basically what people thought Deion Jordan would be. I think he is yeah, the complete athlete. modern yeah, linebacker, can cover like an off-ball linebacker, can rush the passer like an edge, play the run as well. I mean, I think he's just very solid all around.
1: My point there is he would look good in green. You know, like this might be, better be a pretty sweet offer for the Jets to get out of three.
0: Yeah, it would have to. There is a clear delineation between those top three and then the rest of this draft. I think the talent really goes downwards from there. Not to say that there aren't good players still, but mm-hmm. those three are very, very – those three are blue-chip type of players that don't come around every single year. You have drafts that have no one as good as three guys. So uh, I do think there is a clear delineation. But, yeah, if the Broncos are going up there, they'd have to be giving up a lot. And I do foresee I, – I just – I had the Broncos moving up there because I don't know how John Elway can look his fan base in the eyes with Case Keenum heading into 2019. No. Uh, it makes, no plan. Makes perfect sense. It,
1: all. it makes perfect sense. And Miami and Washington, I mean, some of these teams could be pretty desperate to move up. And I think history has shown us that I bet a quarterback goes in the top three. Uh, you know, somebody mm-hmm. gets out of the top three and whoever your favorite quarterback is goes before the Raiders pick at four. Which then works out great for Oakland, saying, yeah, we'll take Josh Allen. We'll take the blue chip guy.
0: Yeah, I think that would be the ideal scenario for Oakland, is yeah. to have Josh Allen, one of those top three, to have someone trade up for a QB ahead of them. Then all of a sudden, they are get one of those top three in a position that they desperately
1: need. I also think Tampa is not in the worst shape ever because I think they'll probably have their, their choice of offensive linemen, and it seems like some of these guys have some, some value. Maybe it's a little early at five. Um, their choice at defensive back, depending how how you know if they're going to play a lot of press man with with balls, you have them taking uh, Kellen Farrow out of Clemson. Um, my, high, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I I have not heard you rave about this guy. That seems early for maybe a pick you would not have made. Yeah, I probably wouldn't make it, but he
0: definitely has. He checks a lot of boxes in terms of size, length, athleticism. He will look the part, and when you're drafting the top ten, you want that. GMs just want guys who look the part. They're not gonna, you know, take an undersized wide receiver. You're not gonna take, uh, you know, uh, maybe a slower defensive end. You're not gonna take a slower cornerback. You want the guy that has checks all the boxes, and I think clone Farrell, while the production wasn't elite at the college level, the you know the, the traits certainly look the part.
1: Mm-hmm. Then the Giants fall into Drew Locke, which I guess everyone's sitting there going, "Why wouldn't they take Kyler Murray?" I mean, I
0: I like Kyler Murray better. I just think Gettleman is an old school. I just don't foresee that being the type of quarterback he goes for. I, I, just I think don't think he either. wants he, a pocket passer. He doesn't but look no, like a giant to me.
1: He yeah, yeah look so I Phil think. Sims
0: and you know, right? Murray, I mean. That would be, and my, if I was a Giants fan, that's who I want right now is, mm-hmm. would be Kyler Murray. Just because of him and Saquon in the same backfield running the option just sounds like a nightmare for defenses, oh, and yeah. it would
1: be. So, uh, But I just don't think that's the way Gettleman would lean. So then you would in turn think, well, then Jacksonville stumbled into Kyler Murray, and you haven't taken TK, T, DK Metcalf. Um, two thoughts here. First of all, quarterbacks aside, I guess. I don't think it's all that far-fetched for the Giants to sit at six, 6 and the Jags to sit at 7 and have an acceptable quarterback sitting there for them. I think that could happen.
0: I do as well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be so much movement. I think maybe one guy one guy gets traded up for it, but then the second QB
1: is probably still sitting there for whoever uh, wants him with the Giants or Jags. Okay. And tell me a little bit about Metcalf. I mean, I've been very impressed with He looks like he is a... Number one body type, high upside guy. Yeah, so that's the thing.
0: Again, I'm saying the guys with all the elite traits go in the top 10, go high in the draft. Meek Metcalf has that 6'5", probably going to run sub five. Can jump out of the gym, has long, long limbs. And I mean, the, the usage at Ole Miss is a little – it just wasn't ideal. He was basically just running vertical every single play. It was not – the reason he didn't put up bigger numbers is because of just the routes they had him running there they didn't have him running a complete route tree but he has all the athleticism to run that complete route tree and so i foresee him going pretty high Mm -hmm. and i didn't give the jags a qb because just how that roster is built right now i think they're the team that ends up getting yeah right yeah they're, they're gonna go for it now because they can't wait for a rookie quarterback to develop they have to win it their their window is now with how many you know older free agents they have on that roster and where their cap situation is they just can't wait so I think they're a team that goes at QB in free agency or via trade
1: yeah that's well thought out because they can't possibly go into the draft with who they have on their roster minus Bortles at quarterback I mean that it's yeah and I mean expecting
0: business. Kyler Murray to lead you to a Super Bowl as a rookie would just I don't think that's gonna
1: you know realistically not gonna happen no well said. Um, Folks, I have mentioned That's Gold. That's our new favorite podcast with Steve Heitner. Um, Any of you that used to watch Seinfeld as as I did, he he played Kenny Banya. He coined the theme, That's Gold, Jerry. And now he has his own podcast. It's called That's Gold with Steve Heitner. And on That's Gold, Steve is joined by co-host Rich Johnson to talk about everything guys love. Sports, sports betting, movies, comedy, food, drink, music, Vegas. And they come about five days a week or more. It's like having a conversation with your buddies at the bar as we preach here. Just kind of belly up the bar and chat with myself or Steve. And their bar has a lot of famous guests that show up to shoot the breeze. So check out That's Gold with Steve Heitner on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back with an interesting guy here. You have the Lions keeping Rashawn Gary in Michigan. I'm... He does not seem like a pro football-focused favorite, but he sure looks like a workout warrior. And you have him listed as an edge.
0: Yeah, I have him listed as an edge. Uh, He can go inside as well. It was weird that he, you know, he was D-tackle coming out of high school. 290 pounds, actually, has lost lost weight since going to Michigan, which usually goes the opposite way. Yeah, he was the number one overall recruit coming out. And, I mean, he has, when he was fully healthy as a sophomore, he's still... He still has a very effective bull rush. I mean, you saw all the traits there on tape. He really has nothing else besides that, though. I mean, it worked out well when the Lions went with a similar guy in Ziggy Ans in terms of just the athlete that mm-hmm. you're hoping develops into something. But yeah, I, so I could see them taking a chance on Gary. But we, like I said, we're not going to love him. I think we have him in the second round. Is probably where we're going to end up on him.
1: And then, therefore, the skins sit back make or don't sit back they get aggressive move up to nine with buffalo grab kyler murray and then you have you know your quarterbacks all go in the top nine to very logical landing spots i would think the bills would be in a pretty decent situation to trade back
0: yeah the bills need offense and offense at this point just does not the value's not there so they're gonna i have them trading back and the redskins they're in a bad situation, right? Now. They might be in the worst situation of basically any team yes. in the NFL in terms of that they're Alex back, Smith yeah. contract is terrible because he's not going to play this year. may not ever play again, but they're on the hook for at least a couple more years of paying him. At that point, you can't sign another one free agency. You just can't use that much cap space. So uh, I think it's time to n- not necessarily blow it up, but go get a QB that you can develop who, by the time you're back to you know, being able to compete, he should be developed enough to you know, lead you to some wins.
1: Yeah, and then the Jets, who move back, are sitting there at 10, presumably with a lot of extra picks in their pocket. They get Jawan Taylor. This guy seems to be skyrocketing up boards. Are you pretty confident he's the first offensive lineman off the board?
0: I think he will be. I think Jonah Williams I'd probably rather have, just in terms of he safer? I like his, his his pass sets are better at this point. He just looks more uh, you know well-developed at the position. But Jawan Taylor has, you know the tra- again, the traits that you're going to fall in love with. Long arms. Looks the part of an offensive tackle, very athletic. I mean, he could be—he's uh, going to be get drafted highly because he could be, you know, one of the top, if not the top, offensive tackle in the NFL. someday. is extremely strong for even—I uh, think he's a redshirt sophomore at this point or junior. He's only been in college three years and is already, you know, much stronger than some of the redshirt seniors coming out. Uh, and so, from that perspective, he could be great, but it has some question marks to him still. Uh, and has only played right tackle there at Florida. So we'll see if teams are going to be willing to kick him to the left side and how he'll do
1: there. At 11, the Bengals go with Devin White. And I think this will be the most chalk pick in mock drafts ever. Like everyone's – if he's sitting there, the linebacker need is massive. But I'm just going to throw one thing at you. Considering who they just hired as their head coach, I think there's a very good chance that this is a little more of an offensive offseason than people realize Mm – And this could be Jonah Williams or Taylor, just considering how the Rams were built.
0: Uh, I think so as well. Like if I were to be, if I was their GM, I'd go offensive line just because I think Andy Dalton needs offensive line to be successful. But I just know Bengals fans, the city of Cincinnati living here if they draft another offensive lineman, it doesn't hit their <laughs> The fan base is going to revolt. You know, basically, yeah, sure. if, if he comes in and, you know, Jonah Williams comes in, starts at right tackle and allows a couple sacks early on, all of a sudden there's, you know, uh, I don't think a new staff wants that sort of looming over their head. So I think if they do go off the line, it will be in free agency or later in the draft, just because Billy Price didn't work out. Like boy, he hasn't worked or Price hasn't worked out. Boy, he didn't work out. They've just whiffed
1: on some O-line lately and, People are a little fed up about that. And then the Packers do go O-line, which I would consider a very safe pick. Jonah Williams, probably probably unlikely he falls to 12. I mean, just considering a lot of teams that need him in between here and there. I think they would scoop him up in this situation, figure out some spot on their line.
0: Hard right away, but then the long-term at right tackle for Brian Balaga mm-hmm. there in Green Bay. I, I just see... From too many people I've you know heard from, everyone's seeing him as a guard at the NFL level, which or a lot of people are, which I don't see. I mean, I think he can hold up a tackle. Obviously, uh, his arm length isn't going to meet some teams' cutoff, so they're not going to play him at tackle. But yeah, if he falls to twelve, I'd be flabbergasted. But I said sort of a similar thing about Derwin James last year, and he went all the way to seventeen. So uh, yeah, anything can happen to come draft day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then we've talked about Daniel Jones a lot. You have him going thirteen to Miami. Uh, that absolutely seems like a, that's what they would do pick, not what Mike would do pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Ed Oliver to 14 to Atlanta. Um, I don't think Jarrett's going to leave, but that would be a pretty deadly interior duo. My one question for draftniks on Oliver, could he be Michael Bennett?
0: I, I don't know if he, so it's so weird because he just doesn't have pass rushing moves at all at this point. Whereas He's Bennett was athlete, kind of the opposite yeah. in terms of, Bennett just has a ton of moves, isn't super athletic, uh, and can move all around. But I do think you can move him around a bit. I think that is going to be his best role, but he just has a ways to go in terms of, uh, he just needs to be with, he just needs seasoning as a pass rusher needs. So I'm not sure he hits right away, but he is unbelievably athletic for his size. I I think at, at some point he'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, the bills traded back. They ended up with Byron Murphy. Very good scheme-fit corner for those guys. Would pair with White for a lot of years. But I would think they'd prefer to go offense.
0: Yeah, they would obviously love to go offense. It's just, it's not the draft
1: for them. Right, right, So that's
0: why I had them trading back in the first place. They're just not in a good spot uh, to address offensive needs, and free agency really isn't either. So I could see them still going defense first round where the value is, and then second, third, fourth.
1: Then you get some weapons on offense or some overline line help. Uh, Montez Sweat. There's a lot of buzz around him after the Senior Bowl, going to Carolina. Obvious need. I think that makes a lot of sense. The Browns then take DeAndre Baker. Again, another situation where you pair two young corners together for a lot of years. I like the uh the sound of that. It wouldn't shock me if they went receiver or tackle or defensive tackle either.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of. I mean, for as good as they as improved as they were, they still have a lot of places they can't address. And so that's almost a good thing in this draft, being able to hit a lot of positions of need. But I do think if you could pair two young corners together, and you'd have four years of him yeah. and Ward on opposite sides for cheap, that would just be, that would be a great roster building or team building strategy, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And the Vikes sit at 18, you have them get Cody Ford, exactly the type of guy they need big mauling guard, maybe a tackle. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me. It wouldn't even shock me if the tackles or if the, the linemen start moving quick, they move up to 15 or something like that to grab somebody mm-hmm. like this. That would make sense. I like this pick a lot. The Titans at 19 taking Marquise Brown, a burner electric wide receiver that, that, that offense needs speed, man. Exactly. And it's,
0: it was so apparent last year, uh, Mariota had one of the lowest total deep yards in the NFL and Corey Davis. Uh, I like, I like his development that we saw from a season ago. He's just not much of a downfield threat still. He's not a, mm-hmm. for a number one, he's not a downfield type of guy. Marquise Brown just brings that to the table because teams are just collapsing on the underneath stuff after a while for them.
1: Um, we're going to take a quick break here and then wrap this up with the final dozen picks kind of in a rapid fire mode, but Uh, we got my my Steelers on the clock at 20. We'll be back here in a minute. I am excited to tell you about a product I am very excited about, Low-K-I. NFL Nation, I'm excited to tell you about our newest partner. And exactly like I said, that's Low-K-I. You need a little extra swag for game day, Low-K-I has your back with their brand new game day collection. If you haven't heard this name before, well, you have now. This company is amazing. I've been using their bracelets, rocking their bracelets, and so has my wife, actually, for quite a few years now. And it's a bracelet with an amazing message and also supports incredible causes, which is really wonderful. The low-Ki bracelet comes in your team's colors and holds waters from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder for me to stay balanced during life's highs and lows. I'm a big braces guy and no joke. I've been wearing the same one on my wrist now for three years. (laughs) I really have. It has an awesome message, which personally helps keep me focused with both during the good and challenging times of my life. Since low K.I. is friends with the show, they are offering you an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day collection bracelets. Pretty cool. Guys, trust me. I've been a fan of theirs for years. This is the best deal. Just use my promo code LOCKEDON25. That's all one word, LOCKEDON25 when checking out, and boom, you can thank me later. Uh, go to LOKAI.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON25, and take advantage of this amazing deal right now. All right, we are back. And like you said, Steelers are on the clock at 20. You have them moving out of the 20 spot and Kansas City aggressively moving up to get Greedy Williams, a corner who some earlier in the process even had in the top five and so. Huge, right? Yeah, he's you know almost
0: 6'3". I, I bet he's going to check in at and long arms. But it doesn't have the mirror ability of some corners. But if you're playing a press man's game, I know they got rid of Bob Sutton, but I imagine they would probably still going to play – a good deal of press man with the talent they have there, you he fits into that. He can't he's probably not gonna be great in off coverage and zone coverage, but if you're in that sort of scheme, that is the type of cornerback you want. And so at that point, I think Chiefs they move up in this one because I think they're gonna that is just such the biggest need for them defensively. If you watch their them at all this season, that was obvious. And so uh, I just think the need is too much for them to sit back and just basically take whoever gets there.
1: Polite, the edge from Florida, goes to Seattle with or without Frank Clark. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it seems like most drafts, a guy like Polite doesn't get to 21. Yeah, he might not when it's all said and done. Uh,
0: He just is so explosive. I mean, Bruce Irvin didn't make it that far. He's sort of in that mold, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Bruce Irvin, Cliff Averill, and now they don't have that in Seattle's defense. So that's why I
1: uh, had them go in there. The Ravens absolutely need another offensive lineman. Risner from Kansas State fits the bill. And then Houston absolutely needs offensive line. Dillard's a little bit more of a left tackle, true left tackle type. And they they scoop those two up right away. I think that those make a lot of sense. Yeah, the Ravens,
0: we've talked about this a lot with how they're, you know, if they're all in on Lamar Jackson, all of a sudden wide receivers aren't as valuable to that offense. Offensive line gets more valuable. You know, the ability to just pound that rock consistently gets more valuable. So get as dominant an O line as you can. Reisner, one of the best run blockers in this class. I, he could step in right away at guard for them and start run blocking. And then Dillard, one of the most accomplished pass blockers in terms of Washington State, just runs down a ton of pass place there. And he, so he, he actually is the few, the one of the uh, only uh, Washington State tackles in the past handful of years that actually has the traits to stay at tackle. And so I think they could use someone who's NFL-ready from that standpoint in pass protection. No, that'd
1: be very welcome for them. Uh, the Raiders' second first-round pick, Christian Wilkins, Seems like a versatile leader, inside guy. Yes, please. I mean, that's exactly what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've ahead. seen
0: him drop this low in mocks, which surprises me because of how you know, dominant he was this past year. The only thing I can really think of is he is actually quite a bit older. I think he's going to be 24 as a rookie, which some teams shy away from guys that old at that point.
1: Uh, as, not a shock. More defensive linemen falling off the board here. The Eagles take Jalen Ferguson. The Colts take Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, my only thoughts on those two picks are the more I watch Ferguson, I think you're in this camp too. He doesn't look like a first rounder to me, although you're picking for the, what the teams would do. And I think Simmons off the field aside probably goes higher than this. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh,
0: Ferguson, I, he's he's explosive and you can't really teach explosiveness, but he doesn't have much besides that at this point. Simmons, You know, talent-wise, I put him in the top 10. Yeah, right. But I I think just the optics of a team drafting him, I I think a lot of teams are just going to shy away and say, probably, you know, if you have your choice, probably not going to take that guy because of the video of him, you know, punching a girl back in high school. That's just not going to look good on draft day when, you know, you should be celebrating to have this be the guy that you took off the board.
1: Yeah, and I can't argue that. I mean, I, I... I do think he's a much better talent than that, but with so many defensive linemen and obviously that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Raiders then take the corner out of Penn State. I don't pronounce his name very well. <laughs> Chargers.
0: There we go. Well
1: done. That'll work. I mean put pair <laughs> I blew him a with Conley for hard on Nvidia, did you? But yeah. <laughs> Again, pair him with Conley for the foreseeable future of rookie deals. I mean, that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Adderley to the Chargers. A much different type of safety slot than James, but gives them a lot of chess pieces back there. Yeah, I, this was one of my favorite picks, uh, if this actually does.
0: I hope it does actually happen because, you know, Derwin James, the Swiss Army knife, in the box sort of safety. Adderley's the free safety. Adderley's sideline-to-sideline, middle-of-the-field guy. And they just they sit in cover three. That is a cover three-only defense, basically, the Chargers, one of the few still in the NFL And so you have defined roles there with your safeties. One stays deep, one goes in the box. And so now you have, you know, a guy capable of handling, handling
1: both roles there. Yeah. Again, I mean, as many pieces as you can to battle with all the chess pieces you have to deal with. Great. Mm -hmm. And now they have a lot. Um, First tight end off the board goes to the Steelers. Uh, Hawkinson. I would think that the Patriots will love this guy. I mean, he looks like a Gronk replacement and, I could see where Pittsburgh would do it, but I really would bet nine out of 10 chances that Steelers go defense in round one, no matter, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think they probably will go defense. I I like the tight end fit though, in terms of they, they like an inline tight end from a Mm -hmm. run blocking perspective. That's what Hawkinson can do. There's no certainty. Antonio Brown's going to be back next year. So you can all the playmakers you can get offensively. If he's not, will you know, help deal with that. So, uh, I don't he would help a the run game, but but yeah, I do foresee probably they might go someone like at this point, if on the board there, Mac Wilson, Devin Bush at linebacker would be probably a fit for them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Wilson would make some sense. Packers with second pick, another big guy, Tillery from Notre Dame. You had two no nonsense big boys of this Packer roster, or that seems like a very Packer thing to do. Yeah, I don't think. They need to get super flashy and draft,
0: you know, a wide receiver. They don't need to get Aaron Rodgers too much help. They don't need to. They don't have to address edge, even though it was an issue for them, uh, because you know, Mike Pettin's defense there is sort of like the uh, sort of how the Steelers use their outside linebackers and that they're not always rushing the passer. There's a lot of dropping into coverage as well for them. So I think a defense, a down lineman, could impact just as much as an edge. And Tillery, we're big fans of his game, obviously.
1: Yeah. Um, the Rams end up with Mac Wilson. That makes sense too. Is there much of a drop off from White to Wilson?
0: I think there is. I, I think White's White's in pretty his special. Own. Yeah, I think actually Devin Bush I'd put above Mac Wilson as well. They're closer. Bush is just a very uh, explosive blitzer. Uh, I think he can be a weapon in that sort of role. And we saw what you know the Patriots did in the playoffs with blitzing linebackers, how effective those can be. So. I do think though, Devin White is the is basically everything you'd want out of a modern linebacker at this point.
1: Dexter Lawrence then goes to the champs at 32. That's exactly what they look for in their defensive tackles: size, girth. You know, parcels. How does he compare to Vita Vea?
0: I think Vea was a little more is uh, just stronger. Uh, it was Ve- okay, Vita Vea was incredibly like that bull rush. And we saw it come on. Paladinata, like. He's just tough. Yeah, like every time. You're just not going to hold up against it. I don't care who you are as an offensive lineman. Lawrence has probably a little quicker than Vea. But uh, Vita Veya was just a grown man already. And so uh, Lawrence, probably like three years younger, though, than Vea. So he's still got – he's only 21. He's got a lot of developing to do for – so for him to be this good already at nose tackle is pretty special. Almost uh, Kenny Clark-like, but not quite.
1: He's a little bigger than Kenny Clark. Okay, And it goes to show, though. I mean, are what went ninth or something like that, eighth last year. Lawrence is going thirty like yeah. second. Was a twelve. So I was was right outside of ten. You're right, and Lawrence is going thirty second. But there's a comparison there. It Just shows you the D line mm-hmm. depth is amazing in this draft. This yeah, this D line
0: class is pretty absurd. Could be half the first round go D line with just it's amazing. just that much better than every other position really. That's amazing.
1: Mike, this has been a blast. You have been a huge help throughout the year. Thank you so much. For sure, Matt. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. And, folks, I will be back tomorrow with Mike Sando. So, over and out. This was a really fun mock buzzing through. So, I will catch up with you guys tomorrow.